0: Welcome to The Particle Podcast, where we talk about science and the people who just love it. My name is Rose, and my order at a bar is usually a pint of the most ridiculous craft beer possible. Which is why today I am very excited to say that our guest is Brody Watts, head brewer at Seasonal Brewing and an all-round beer nerd. We recorded this episode on-site at Seasonal with beers in hand. We had a chat about homebrews, hangovers and hipster beers. Welcome to the podcast, Brody.
1: Oh, thank you for having me.
0: What do you actually do?
1: So I'm the head brewer at Seasonal Brewing Company in Maylands. Yeah, I guess day-to-day jobs are making beer, um, getting it to people and yeah.
0: (laughs) The dream job.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, it's got lots of paperwork and stuff. People think it's all just fun and games and drinking beer, but it's uh, there is a lot of um, yeah, a lot of paperwork that goes along with it. A lot of planning and that sort of thing. So um, yeah, I mean, it, it is an, an enjoyable job, but there there is a lot more to it than just what meets the eye, I guess.
0: <laughs> How do you get to be a brewer?
1: Um, there's there's yeah a few different ways, I guess. Uh, I mean, some people are, are, are fortunate in their you know they just happen to be in the right place the right time but there are some some pretty good sort of training programs so um it's the, the, the main one globally is the institute of brewing and distilling though there, there are other ones so they're based in the uk and they have quite a lot of like online courses um and then you sit a physical exam in a you know, in a room in, in Perth, they, they do them all around the world. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's, that's, that's the main, I guess, qualification way. Um, I was fortunate enough that when I was finishing up my degree in environmental biology, so somewhat related, uh, you know, uh, I was working at a brew pub and they oh. needed a new brewer. Cool. And I kind of just kept telling them I would do it. And eventually <laughs> they didn't have a choice because uh, it was in the middle of summer and they needed someone to do something tomorrow. So, yeah.
0: (laughs) When you were studying, did you think you were going to end up doing this or were you going Um, to do environmental biology?
1: Yeah, I guess I'd always thought of doing environmental biology while I was studying. There was kind of an economic downturn at the time and everyone, the first thing, first jobs that went were environmental jobs, I guess. So, I didn't have high hopes and at at first it was just like I'll, I'll keep working here until something else comes up but eventually I stopped looking for something else so uh yeah it sort of happened like that (laughs) do you
0: see elements of science in brewing
1: everything has some element of science every everything I do has you know there's science that goes into everything so um there's yeah there's a lot of both chemistry and biology um, interactions within each uh, between each other and that sort of thing as well.
0: What did you want to do when you were at school? Did you know <laughs> what you wanted to do? Because not a lot of kids. I mean, presumably not a lot of kids are saying, "I want to be a brewer."
1: I, I had I had no idea what I wanted to do. Like uh, it was kind of that sky's the limit kind of thing um <laughs> when I was in school and then and then reality hit when I, I left school <laughs> yeah. and I realized that things don't just land in your lap for the most part. Um so I yeah, I I can't I honestly can't remember. That was that was far too long ago. <laughs> um but I know it wasn't making beer. Um I did do some uh helped my dad do some home brewing oh, cool. when I was uh sort of eleven or twelve. So I guess, you know, I had that, you know, uh, understanding that that Concrete slab laid where I could become a brewer, but yeah, (laughs) you're aware that at some point beer got made. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yep.
0: So most eighteen-year-olds, fresh eighteen-year-olds, don't love beer. Yep. But did you, or did you have to learn to love it like everyone else? I
1: think it's one of those things that you do have to learn to love it, and I guess to a degree there is a lack of understanding, and I think a lot of these new, well craft breweries and that sort of thing and, and small brew pubs opening up have really sort of broadened people's horizons and there's still a little bit of a transition period where where, where lager doesn't have to taste like a swan draft or something like that. There, It's it's such a diverse um, category of, of beverages. Um, so yes, I did not like beer but once I sort of worked out that it didn't have to be a lager, I could drink an ale that had a little bit more flavour and that sort of thing. It didn't. It probably hadn't sat in the sun for, for four <laughs> days or something like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, I did not like beer the first time I had beer. <laughs> do you
0: remember your first brew?
1: I don't. That's a, <gasps> wow. a, a cardinal sin. Yeah. Um, I do remember the first time I, I realised beer could be different. Though. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I'd been drinking Carlton Dry, I think, Classic. Yeah, Carlton Dry <laughs> all day or all night or whatever it was. And uh, I was at the greenhouse in on St. George's Terrace in, in the city and uh, they had three taps of beer there. Um, they weren't labelled at all, but I was calling it the middle tap because <laughs> it was from the middle tap. Yeah. Um, it was Colonial Kolsch, oh. um, but it was, compared to Carlton Dry, it was a completely different drink. Um, yes. It's not a particularly exciting beer it's still a a solid beer and it's a a tasty a tasty drop but it's not something that's uh any of these lactose milk stout or something like that um it's yeah (laughs) but that was my first i guess epiphany that beer could be different yeah.
0: I would like you to explain the brewing process to a drunk 18-year-old who's just come out of the club, so <laughs> essentially a child.
1: a lot more difficult than, <laughs> <laughs> than a child. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, uh, so I guess the first thing we do is the wort production.
0: Jumping in really quick, wort is essentially sugary water. It's the liquid that comes out from the mashing stage of brewing and it turns into beer already mentions it a few times, so try to keep an ear out.
1: First thing we do is the work production. So we get malted barley, malted wheat. Um, we sometimes you use rye or rolled oats. There's a you know, variety of different cereals um, that we use. Um, basically, we crack them or, or mill them. So we don't want to get it to a, like a flour. Um, and then we mix that with water um, at a certain temperature. So it's usually between 60 and 70 degrees. Um, yeah. Um, and we leave that for about 45 minutes to an hour, sometimes longer. Uh, and that basically results in the conversion of starches from within the, the, the malt or or grains uh, into sugars, which is then used further down the line. Uh, we then basically get rid of the grain mm-hmm. um and we've just got basically sugary water so this is very simple it is a, bit a more lot more complicated complex yeah than that. <laughs> we 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 then boil it um we, we we usually boil for about an hour and we add hops during this period um so the hops provide three different things you get either bitterness flavor or aroma depending on when you add them or a combination it's not basically you add them here it's bitter you add them here it's flavor or aroma it, it kind of you know they merge into each other a little bit and this crossover and all of that sort of thing um, so that's we boil the, we boil there and then yeah. we basically spin it for a little bit I like a whirlpool it's called a whirlpool um, and that results in basically all the solids so you have like quite a lot of like during the boil you get coagulation of protein so that's not something an 18 year old who's drunk would understand <laughs> yeah. but, but that happens during the boil um, and then we yeah we spin it in the whirlpool and everything like the hops we've added those proteins they all come together and sit in the middle of this vessel yeah. and then we draw from the outside we chill it down to about well, depending on what we're, we're making between 10 and 20 degrees usually um, and we put it into a fermenter we add yeast and um, We control this, like all all the temperatures are are pretty well controlled um, for the entire duration of this as well. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, we add the yeast. The fermentation usually takes between, sometimes it can be done within sort of four days. Sometimes it'll take a couple of weeks depending on on the beer that we're making. And then we we condition it at, usually we condition it at a, a warmer temperature, sort of 20 degrees for a couple of days and then we'll chill it down to about zero degrees all of the yeast drops out and then we can carbonate it and keg it and then drink it that, <laughs> is, that is very simplified that's and that was uh, <laughs> complex to be
0: honest that yeah was i was like, trying to
1: keep it as simple as possible it was but, uh, I, my my notes are <laughs> a lot more complex than that i was like nope i'm gonna keep it simple
0: i'm that's just such a Involved process. Well,
1: it's important to note also that there's a lot of work done before ingredients and stuff yeah, gets okay. to the brew. So raw barley, you couldn't use raw barley. So it needs to be malted, which is basically, in a nutshell, they force the, the, the grains to germinate. And then that releases a bunch of enzymes, which then are used in the mashing process Ah. to convert the starches to sugars. Ah, Um, okay. And yeah, so they basically force germinate it and then kiln it to kill any further germination, but keep those enzymes present. So that's quite a balancing act as well. There's, yeah, there's a lot more that goes into it. And then you've got hops and that sort of thing, which is a, a, you know, a really big industry because, you know, hops are really important in today's market hoppy beers are very popular as Mm. well so there's a really high demand for it so there's quite a lot of money going into development and research of of new varieties and that sort of thing Um, and also yeast as well Um, yeast is is not as popular like yeast driven beers so a lot of Belgian beers and that sort of thing but there is still quite a lot of research going into it Um, and yeast is in every beer as well so even if it's not particularly yeast-driven, so something that's quite spicy or phenolic or I'm trying to use simple words, but (laughs) I realise I'm getting worse and worse, Uh, there is still a lot of research going into clean beers. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, lager yeasts and that sort of thing. Yeah, Um, yeah, it's it's like I say, it's like I've just put that brewing process in in such a, a simple way, but everything we're doing, we're measuring different uh, parameters so whether it's the the gravity so the amount of sugar in the in the wort or the ph um and then when we're fermenting we can do cell counts and that sort of thing and in i guess in a production sense you want to be able to repeat the same thing time and time again and when you make such Small changes it can result in you know monumental differences Mm -hmm. variations. So, yeah, (laughs) it's a lot of chemistry. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) You've started explaining it already, but how do you experiment with different flavors in a beer? What are some of the things that you can change to change a flavor? Um,
1: so, yeah, I guess the variety and amount. Of hops that we use, so that's that. Like I said, that's the main one that people are interested in now. Um, is 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 hoppy beers. So um, yeah, we can we can change the varieties and volumes or, or, or quantities. Um, there, there is quite a lot of research going into into mm. hops, and they I forget if they I can't remember if they're polyploid. Basically, you they don't reproduce. Uh, sexually whereas in in the wild they they, they would I believe but they've they genetically modified them so that they can't so um, a a popular hop is citra every citra uh, rhizome which is how how they come is is genetically identical um, which uh, there's still variation through things like rainfall temperature and that sort of thing so it becomes more of a agricultural kind Mm -hmm. of thing but I mean that's you know modern agriculture really is all about uh yeah creating clones (laughs) so interesting Um, so yeah but there is still breeding programs um that is i i i don't know enough about it to tell you how it works but um so yeah basically they're trying to come up with the next like the researchers are trying to come up with the next big hop that's um, so cool because then they can make money off of yeah. that sort of thing. Um so yeah there's hops. Um in terms of I was talking about yeast driven beers, you can you can change the the fermentation temperature um and you can get different um yeah different results depending on how hot or how cold you ferment. Um and then also how much yeast you give the wort. So so yeah you can you can basically underpitch and not give it enough and that stresses the yeast out or you can overpitch, I mean and that does the opposite i guess it uh, makes the yeast a bit lazy (laughs) uh yeah (laughs) i like that a lot yeah so they're the the main two ways and i mean there's also i guess malt driven beers so um you can add different types of malts. So I I I should have been more prepared and brought out some samples of malt. (laughs) Uh, So, I mean, we use, generally use, build a beer off a a base malt. So that'll be something that's very simple, very quite pale in color, but is quite strong with the the enzymatic power, which I was kind of, I kind of mentioned briefly before. Uh, And then we can add other ones. So there are some malts that they will basically caramelize them, called caramel malts. Uh, They'll caramelize the sugars. So they'll essentially do the mashing process for you yeah okay. i guess um and that can provide quite a sweet and like toffee or caramel flavor and then we get like roast malts and that sort of thing which are essentially just really high temperature um and they're they, they are black like so they look and give quite character like they give chocolate and coffee yeah those sort of characters so yeah um there's so many there's, different yeah there's a lot of change. different things and 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 trying to get a i guess you know there's there's a a tendency for people to try and change a bunch of different things at one time. Yeah. Um, But then you don't know what change has done what. Yeah. So you've kind of got to work slowly rather than jump straight to what you think the end product is. It (laughs) would be so
0: tempting. It would be so tempting. With all of the quite innovative beers coming out, you know, experimenting with different hops and things like that, in terms of drawing inspiration versus copying... Is there an unspoken or maybe very spoken set of
1: rules? Um, there's not really. It is... I mean, I, I don't have a, a lot of experience with other industries, but from from my understanding, it is quite a close-knit industry compared to other industries, mm. if, that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so everyone kind of, you know, either knows everyone or knows of... Within Perth, I'm more talking. Yeah. Um, so there's... I guess being, yeah, you don't want to just completely copy someone else's beer, but also that's quite difficult to do. Like, you know, you could give your recipe to another brewer and chances are the resulting beer is going to be slightly different yeah. somehow just through their methodology and that sort of thing. Um, so I guess, yeah, you don't want to directly copy just because that's that's kind of boring and it doesn't really do anything uh, well, I, I wouldn't get any satisfaction out of directly copying someone else's beer, but um, I guess some people do it.
0: <laughs> do you enjoy the experimentation process, like coming up with ideas? Um,
1: I do, but the thing is, like, the, the experimenting process is quite a long one. So yeah, okay. uh, we, we can come up with an idea and it won't actually come out, be released or... or even brew, we can, we can brew like a 20 liter batch on a home brew system or or a pilot system, if Mm. you will. And we won't have that for another month or so. So it's, um, it it is quite a a slow process. I mean, there there are things you can do that kind of speed it up. And once you have, I guess, a little bit of a formula, um, you can kind of change certain ingredients and then sort of know where you're going to end up, I guess. It could Um, take ages. It could do. yeah. Yeah. Um, there are some breweries that are, are, are really, really good at it and um, others that I guess, you know, that's not what they're trying to do. They're trying to just make beer for people to drink and it, it, if it sells, it sells. So why not? Why, why would you, you know, reinvent the wheel? <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
0: Do you think people should care about the process?
1: I, I would more advocate for people caring about the product and and how to treat the product. Um, I've had some awful beer, um, mainly through mistreatment. Like, you know, it's been left out in the sun. It's been, it's 12 months old and really you should be drinking beer when it's fresh. Uh, yeah, so I, I would much rather people learn about how to treat product. I mean, something like milk, you buy a two litre, bottle of milk you don't leave it out of the fridge you put it straight in the fridge it should be pretty much the same and you drink you drink that milk within 12 days or whatever the best before date is and i mean on beer you know you can kind of get away with a little bit longer but it's, it's always better fresh so i would advocate for the caring of the product more than the actual valuing of the process um because yeah i mean not everyone that's not everyone's thing um but a lot of people do drink beer so
0: they should learn how to treat it right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do advances in technology make beer better?
1: I mean, yes and no. I mean, if you if you were to use like the Industrial Revolution as an example, that really suppressed a lot of beer culture. So basically, every every town, every village would have. A brewery, and then the industrial revolution. They realised that they can produce a million liters of beer instead of the two hundred that they were doing before, um, and all of a sudden, you've got all these little, tiny, like unique kind of beers and that sort of thing that just disappeared yeah. off the face of the earth. And then if and that continued right through until I mean even now, like the if you look at the majority of beers produced, they're pale lagers. Um, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the pale lager, but It is such a... It's a much more diverse group of drinks than pale lager. Um, So there has been, I guess, a a, a renaissance, if you will, of these older beer styles. Some of them are better than others. Some of them, I mean, some of them were just completely lost because all the record keeping and that sort of thing
0: just got lost to time.
1: So looking at it from that perspective, like it can be a really destructive thing. But in terms of making your job easier, making things... um, more efficient, more. Uh, I, I guess, yeah. I I think it, it, you can look at it from two different ways. I mean, one thing, like going back to the the malt, um, we we could the the quality of the malt now is is so much better than it would have been, um, you know, a hundred years ago or something like that. That's just through technology and that sort of thing. Um, and yeah, I mean, yeah, it depends which way you, yeah. you look at it. I guess. Um,
0: is, has there been any? of breakthroughs in tech or maybe something that's on its way
1: that's gotten you excited um i i really like to be able to drink for a long period of time without getting drunk so yes low or no alcohol beers are a great idea but they're quite difficult to brew um so i i believe this is this is definitely not on a on a sort of our scale it's it's far bigger than that but there's some technology that is basically you you brew a beer as normal and then essentially you're extracting wow. the alcohol out. Um, so I guess that's a kind of good thing. That could be exciting, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in terms, I don't know. It's always it's always fun to read what is happening, but nothing. A lot of it is is research designed for big macro breweries yes. that are. So yeah, we're never going to really benefit from that. Well, not now, but I mean, once you know, maybe in. 20 years or so when everything becomes cheaper at a smaller scale yeah yeah
0: I didn't consider that as a
1: yeah breakthrough
0: that would have been cool but it makes sense
1: yeah yeah um I mean it's yeah I mean don't get me wrong I like drinking high alcohol beers as well but you can only really drink one of them before you start making a fool of yourself yeah Um. (laughs) yeah
0: thinking about homebrewers okay for a moment yeah sure i'm sure you've seen just like so many more people do homebrews yeah, 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 in yeah, iso in yep. the last few months yeah what are some of the common mistakes that you see homebrewers make or anything that you're like ah, oh, how do that? um
1: i guess it's yeah a lot of i i would i would suggest people get a ph meter so you can measure your ph um that would be one important thing, if you can get your pHs good, uh, that's, that's 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 probably the help. best thing that you can do. Yep. Um, secondly, I would advocate for trying to brew the same beer twice and make sure it tastes the same both mm-hmm. times. Um, that's and a good
0: scientific method, yeah, to be honest. Um, yeah. there's
1: a, I mean, I understand it because it's great to be like, oh, I've drunk this. Now I, I just saw this beer and I want to brew this beer and drink yeah. this. Um, but it's, I think it, it says a lot more... About your practices, and it will benefit you in the long run if you could brew the same beer, either, yeah. Once you can brew it better and better, and then you can brew the same, then I think that's a, a far better uh, way of learning to home brew. Yeah. Um, and also cleanliness. There's some I've seen some really uh, <laughs> bad things on, on the internet about. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, cleanliness is the most important thing because nothing worse than putting six, eight, ten hours into into making something and then it tastes awful because there's some sort of infection. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a cheap insurance.
0: <laughs> yeah. How did it feel seeing so many people having a go at making a homebrew? Are you an advocate or are you like oh, No, no, young. I I,
1: I <laughs> like home brewing. Um I, I don't do a lot of home brewing myself, but I think it's a great um a great sort of tool for the industry and for, I mean, it's a great hobby. If people enjoy doing it, um, it's a lot, um, yeah, there's, there's great, you know, satisfaction out of making your own products. So I, I think it's a good thing. Um, yeah, I mean, there are a few breweries that offer their recipes online. Um, we, we don't, but it's not because we're, if someone came and asked me for the recipe, I'd probably be happy to give it to them. But uh, yeah, um, I, th- I think it's good. I think yeah. it's good for the industry. It's good for... Um, it's not, it's not always great to be like handed six homebrews at a party or something like <laughs> Does that. that <laughs> um, Does that happen? It has happened, yeah. <laughs> are people
0: always trying to get yeah. free beer off of you?
1: Um, uh, no,
0: not, oh, that's not really. Good. Most of
1: my, most of my friends are, I'll, I'll try and get them some beers here or there, but you know, they're not, they don't come down to seasonal and expect free beers or anything. Yeah, okay. Um, I thought they might. <laughs> yeah, no.
0: The future of beer? Which direction do you see it going in? Do you think people are going to keep going down the really niche craft beer line, maybe go back towards more traditional beers? I,
1: I think um, there will be movement towards... I mean, currently, I guess, if you look at market trends and that sort of thing, there, there is definitely movement towards the, the craft beer and smaller, smaller I guess, microbreweries, if you will, um, and brew pubs. I think people are realising that they don't have to go to A, a massive pub and be one of 800 people and be drink the same beer every single time. And I think people are, are, are more and more open to, to try new things. Um, and also going somewhere local. I mean, you know, we're, we're a, a brewery, that's, you know, in Maylands, and a, a lot of our demographic are locals coming to our pub our our brew pub, uh, our venue, whatever you <laughs> want to call it. So I think there is definitely merit for um, growth in the yeah craft beer industry. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess it's it's always one of those things that anything can happen, and you know you never know what tomorrow holds. But I think there is definitely more um, people are more interested in, as well in a in a story. Um, so they know that it's brewed in those tanks over there. Yeah, uh, that's it's, so cool. Uh, You know, I I think that that's what people like and I think people continue to like it and, yeah, more more people are showing their friends and, yeah.
0: Especially at the moment with, you know, we can't even travel interstate, so people are really getting to know what's happening locally and what people are doing.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, our, our social media was, that was another thing, I guess, a benefit of... A benefit of coronavirus is that our social media was was through the roof i mean that's not taking anything away from the people that do our social media but you know <laughs> the yeah. the numbers were really high yeah. um, which is um you know it, that's all a part of that sort of getting the word out there i guess the mm-hmm. education the uh yeah making sure people understand what we're about what the industry is about yeah. and i think that's where we're at i guess yeah um, yeah, and there, I mean, I guess a lot of the, the macro breweries, I'm not taking anything away from any of the macro breweries, but they are tending to, to centralise, I, I guess, a little bit and all move over to the eastern states. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I guess yeah. We, can, we can own our backyard.
0: Yeah, exactly. And if it's been walking distance, that just makes it even better. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> We're going to move on to some of our Particle Team questions, <laughs> which I've informed are not silly. They are valid questions, although they are a bit out of the box. Oh, actually, some of them aren't too out of the box, but we'll start with, can you use any alternative yeasts?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's been some very, yeah, some weird... Weird stuff being brewed recently. <laughs> uh, I don't advocate for any of it. Um, there was someone someone made a beer out of belly button lint. Um, there was, yeah, also some other bodily uh, Yuck. areas that we use. Um, I don't advocate for yeah. any of these, but it can be done. Um, I guess being on a more <laughs> on a more, uh, I guess serious note there is there is a a a, um not that that wasn't serious before (laughs) that 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 did happen but um so there is like sort of wild yeast i guess Ah. um which is so there's uh, there's still quite a uh there's there's quite a few breweries in in particularly belgium that are still brewed using traditional methods um and i guess they use they inoculate their work with yeast just from the air so they well, don't um. they don't use like packets or anything like yeah. that or anything that's come from a lab. They've, I mean, they they're very con- they, they control it very well. Um, so basically, they have a big room, um, and they it's in the in the ceiling actually, and they, they chill the basically a really high surface area to volume ratio. So it's really shallow, yeah, um, but really long, really wide, and the wooden rafters in the in the roof basically the it's still hot when it goes in so there's steam that sort of thing that goes up and then all the the, the bugs wow. drop they're not actual insects yeah. they're you know yeast and yeah. other microbes drop down into it and that essentially inoculates it
0: Whoa. Um,
1: so it's controlled in that way cuz it's always pretty much always the same mm-hmm. and then they put it off into into like fermentation I can't remember where they, they, they would use barrels, I imagine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's more of a traditional one. And yeah. I guess that's from what we were talking about earlier. It's not a, a lab grown yeast. Um, it's not controlled in any way. So yeah. And then they blend everything back and yeah, it's, it's quite a cool concept. Yeah. Um,
0: Have you seen it? Have you gone I, and seen it? I
1: haven't seen it in person, but I've seen many photos and that sort of thing um there is there's a few breweries um that are starting to do it um particularly in the us as well um and there are a few that have started doing it in australia um but it's a very traditional method and yeah that's one of the ones that would have really been impacted by the the industrial revolution as well yeah
0: totally um yeah what is your favorite beer to brew based on the process <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, I, I the the funner beers to drink are always the the harder beers to brew yeah okay. uh, <laughs> yeah so, um,
0: Oh, I feel bad for yeah. people <laughs> I'm buying, like, really obscure beers from who are like, No, nah, no, I'm no, it's, it's, <laughs> it's so the, I
1: mean, more. the obscure beers are good because they, they also sell quite well and people, it, it introduces people to new flavors, new, I guess, styles sometimes. And, and I think it encourages people to step outside their comfort zone, which, um, yeah, I think is, is really important. Um, I guess I, I yeah, um, I've, I've brewed a few like sour beers, and I've brewed them over quite a long period of time. Mm. Um, so, uh, you know, the actual production of the of the beer would only take it to take the same amount of time. But it's it's the time that you let the yeast do its thing. The you have other bacteria and that sort of thing. Let it do its thing, and then it comes out really good at the end. But that takes sometimes years. Um, so, so yeah. Long. Uh, so there's not a massive commercial demand or or commercial viability i guess for you've got to find space for something for you don't know how long it's going to go it it could it could be done in six months it could Mm. be done in three years you don't know so there's not a massive commercial yeah it's not a commercially viable option but as a home brewer it it can be quite fun to brew those things
0: exciting yeah Especially yeah, if exactly. you forgot, you brewed it. And then you yeah, find it, and that's like, happened oh, that's
1: a few sweet. times. I've yeah, found a few beers in my... <laughs> yeah, some better, some some worse. Yeah, well, it's a risk. <laughs> yeah.
0: If you could put beer in a non-liquid state, would you put it as a gas or a solid?
1: <laughs> uh, I reckon I reckon it has to be a solid. Like, gas is too dangerous. Like, you don't True. know when you're, you know, you, you pop the balloon or whatever it is and you're... Whereas you can eat the Yeah, eat you can the beer snack on a beer. Or, yeah. Probably not a bad thing to do, yeah. let's get some carbs.
0: <laughs> Should or would Shandy ever come back?
1: Uh, <laughs> I think um, a better option would just to be better quality, low alcohol beers. Uh, there's nothing... If, if you're going to drink a Shandy, if you're going to ruin a perfectly good beer, go for it. <laughs> uh, but I would advocate for... for, for Buying a mid strength beer first. I'll take that as a potentially should <laughs>
0: <one>. <laughs> Is it possible to brew a hangover free beer?
1: Uh, I don't know enough about hangovers to, to answer <laughs> no, that. I know, I know, I get them, know. but I haven't, you know, it's that yeah, thing okay. where like you're, you're hungover. And you're like, oh, this is the worst thing ever. You're not thinking about, like, how can I I do it? And then, like, you're fine. You're like, I don't care about that. That was yesterday. Yes. Um, So, I haven't.
0: Okay. Yeah. But probably,
1: I would say probably not. I have spoken to people who who are in the know and they seem to say that the best way to avoid a hangover is to basically sort of slowly wean yourself off. So, you stay awake because as soon as you go to sleep, that's game over. You want to oh. basically drink progressively less yeah. and stay up for a long time. That and then, makes sense. And drink lots of water.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, it makes sense. I don't like that if you go to sleep. That's what I've heard. I, I'm
1: not a doctor, so I cannot actually guarantee that. But that's what I've heard yeah. from some people who tell me they're doctors. So, uh. <laughs> we
0: can, we can uh, have people test that out on their own discretion. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You may not know the answer to this, so absolutely feel free to say so. But will climate change affect the brewing process?
1: Um, I don't I don't think the brewing process will be affected. I think there will definitely be... I mean, there, there already is, I guess, a little bit of... Like, people are more aware, whether it's brewery owners or the customers are, are pushing for, you know, knowing that their beer is, you know, 100% carbon offset or or whatever it may be i think there'll definitely be some changes um i i mean one of the byproducts from the brewing process is is quite a lot of carbon dioxide and it's also used as a process gas and that Mm. sort of thing so some of the some of the bigger breweries actually have filters that they can recapture their carbon dioxide that the yeast produces and then use it further down the line that's cool um so i guess from that that's a technology i guess it's um a, a relatively new one um i guess water is the other one i mean we've to clean things you've got the option of or, or more to sterilize things you've got the option of using a chemical um that's not always effective mm. or using hot water or, or steam in some cases if that's a potential thing mm. um so it is quite um a, a water intensive process mm. so potentially I think it would be more of a, I guess, technology will be introduced or or that sort of thing that allows us to, to change our process for yes. the better. But I don't think that's going to be something that impacts an end product. I think the end product will be the same relative to climate change.
0: Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of the misconceptions you find people have of being a brewer?
1: Um, people think I drink all day. Um, <laughs> and... It's not true. (laughs) I mean, I I do taste beers from from the tank and that sort of thing, Um, but it's not a major part of my day. It'll be a a day-to-day kind of taster, see how it's going. Um, And that's more for a repeatability thing. So, I'll I'll take notes that I understand. Everyone understands their own uh, thoughts differently, I guess. So, I'll take notes and then on day three of fermentation, when I do the next the beer again, I'll know, okay, that's the same. So we're doing good kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but in terms of, yeah, I do a lot of paperwork, do a lot of emails, uh, cleaning. Um, it's not just drinking beer. <laughs> <laughs> How
0: do people generally react when you say you're a brewer?
1: Um... Yeah, they they kind of, they think that it's the the best job ever. Yeah, uh, which I guess it's fair enough. It's you know, it's pretty good. Um, it's it's a good job. Like I, I enjoy my work. Um, so I, I enjoy. There's always a beer at the end of the day if I want it. Um, but yeah, people always think. Yeah, there's always some sort of question. Like you know, I tried making this beer <laughs> and then yeah, gen- yeah, yeah. Um, but then some people. Uh, you know, they mishear you and what's a brewer? Like, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. uh, it doesn't
0: feel like you probably meet, I mean, you probably meet a lot of brewers, but I don't necessarily know that many. So right. it kind of makes yep. sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And people don't know what it is. And, yeah. and you have to say, oh, actually, I make beer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
0: so they probably do think they mishear you because they're like, yeah. that's too cool. That's not... <laughs> <dumb." laughs> but there must be challenges associated with the job.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, like, Constant. Like, I mean, we're, we're, not, we're not, we don't put any beer in cans or anything like that. We haven't got any expectation to make, if this pale ale is different next time I brew the pale ale, no one can really, well, they can, they can say, hey, this is different. And we can say, yeah, well, it's different on purpose mm-hmm. because, I mean, it is different on purpose. But uh, it's, I, I guess there's still challenges in, in what I think about And what i want it to taste like Mm. and then how it actually ends up um i mean i've got the the background knowledge to know roughly where it's going but you know until i actually have it in a glass i don't really know whether i've succeeded or not yeah um so i mean that i guess that's a challenge um uh, i mean there's always other i guess business challenges and that sort of thing but um i mean they're different for every brewery so yeah. Yeah. Do
0: you ever get tired of being in the pub?
1: Um I yeah, I guess um, you know, cuz you get to the weekend and your mates just want to go yeah. to the pub. So um yeah, I probably spend too much time at a pub. But, um it, it's different from, you know, having a yeah, beers on a on a Saturday compared to having beers after work, you yes. know. <laughs>
0: For you, do you have any particular goals you'd like to achieve in your career?
1: <laughs> um, I guess I, I wouldn't call it a goal, but if, if I stopped learning, I would probably stop enjoying brewing. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> I, but at the same time, I don't think I'm ever going to stop learning. There's always something that I can change, something that I can do better, or something that in one scenario is great. In another scenario, is terrible. Hmm. Um, so I guess, yeah, um, I wouldn't call that. I mean, that's definitely not a goal to keep learning. But like uh, I, yeah, I mean, I guess you know, if I stopped learning, I would, I would stop enjoying something. Yeah, uh, <laughs> makes sense. Um, yeah.
0: What are things that you've been proud of? <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> uh, um, so at, it was. This was at my um, at my previous job. We we brewed a. Uh, a particularly strong, It was like a barley wine, so it was 13%. I left the day before they bottled it, so I I can't 100% claim this, but uh, it was still quite amusing. Um, I think there was a run of maybe 600 bottles or thereabouts, and somehow a bunch of it ended up in the US. Um, and it ended up on like a... During the, the, the democratic... Uh, presidential selection thing earlier in the year ended up on like a really obscure meme page <laughs> um, and it was uh, described as essentially like it was which Bali won you and it was like all the different <laughs> like candidates and it was so it was on one of those That's so pretty funny. that was yeah it was a weird a really weird kind of like just yeah yeah I, I like that a lot. I, I don't know is it, it, yeah pride's the right yeah, word yeah <laughs> I'd take you've it you've got to own these things
0: <laughs> and to finish up with I'd absolutely love because I know I'm going to take it to the pub on the weekend. A beer fun fact.
1: I've got two oh, different fun facts. I'll take
0: both. I want all of them.
1: <laughs> so there was a beer brewed to break a Scottish curse. Oh. <laughs> so in Scottish folklore, if you if there's a storm approaching and you you, you throw a beer, a bottle of beer into the ocean that's yeah. meant to subside the the storm. Okay. Um. So this brewery brewed a beer at the bottom of the ocean. So Whoa. they've broken this curse. That yeah. It's gone. Yeah. There's no storms yeah. in Scotland anymore. I love that. Uh, <laughs> the the second one is the I guess your your convinc- your conventional where well, I'm gonna read my notes. Okay. Good. Okay. So <laughs> the stereotype of a witch with pointed hats and broomsticks originates. From beer and brewing.
0: What?
1: So back in the, I guess the the feudal ages, um, when the the church had started cracking down and, and trying to change society into a, a more, you know, moldable thing, I guess, and 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 sort of stopping women from working and that sort of thing. But but predominantly women were brewers, or, or sorry, brewers were women. Women, oh, sorry, cool. the other way around. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they used to wear big, pointy hats in markets and that sort of oh. thing so that they were noticeable, oh. and then they would put broomsticks out the front of their their houses to say, like, you know we've got we've got beer," and what? then there were like sort of at, in the same time, there was, like I say, the church was trying to, yeah. get everyone to kind of do what they wanted them to do. yeah, and basically, there are a lot of people that like were. Proclaimed as witches because there were also the witch hunts and that sort of thing, and they were yeah, brewers yeah
0: with pointy hats and brooms. Exactly! Wow, I knew I liked witches. Yeah,
1: yeah, they're great. Yeah, that's
0: so cool. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much, Brody. That was wonderful. Thank you for having me.
1: (laughs) Thank you. Cheers.
0: Thank you for listening to the Particle podcast. You can find more of our content on all of the socials as well as at particle.scitech.org.au. This episode, as always, was recorded in the vibrant science hub that is Western Australia and Particle is proudly powered by Scitech.